is the Venny White Show on In-Depth Radio, News Talk 1010. Good evening and welcome to the Vinnie White Show. Hello, this is a journalism tiramisu, a newsy custard dessert. Very much a whipped mixture of opinion, news, comedy, sprinkled with a liberal amount of chocolate mischief and served up with a steaming cup of utter nonsense. Recorded live from London today, Sunday, June the 25th. Hello, this is the Vinnie White Show. We're doing this right here on In-Depth Radio, News Talk 1010. First, we're going to talk avocados. We're also going to find out what's going on at the Glastonbury Festival here in England, and we're going to look at Canada, amongst other things. Normally, I would say at this point, coming up later on, Amanda Capito will join us live on the intertubes, but unfortunately she can't because she's left us. She has walked out on this family. She disgusts me. Uh, actually, she just went to New York for the weekend and she'll be back soon. But I couldn't get hold of her. So I figured for a bit of a change, I'd mix it up. And Because um, you don't want to listen to me warble on for the next uh, hour or so. You need a little bit of relief from this pain. And uh, that will be provided this week with someone new and someone rather exciting. An old friend of mine, Polly, um, who is here in England, will jump her live into the studio and uh, talk about... Well, we'll find out what we'll talk about. Hmm? I know one thing we'll talk about is me getting verbally abused in the street this week. I want to find out, is it me? Do I attract this stuff? I mean, we all know the answer is yes, but let's find out why. All that coming up uh, here on the Vinnie White Show. We start with avocado news. Yes, there's lots of news in the world of avocados. Uh, The big news out of America this week is three people have been charged with avocado theft. A few foodstuffs aroused passions much like the humble avocado uh, and it seems like most of the world is quite obsessed with avocados police in california this week have announced that three men are to appear in court they have stolen some avocados how bad can it be i'll tell you how bad it can be they stole three hundred thousand dollars worth of avocados that is quite a heist and uh, they've done this from the produce firm which they work for. Yeah, the three men were arrested on Wednesday on suspicion of grand theft of fruit. Grand theft of fruit. Or or grand theft avocado. A computer game very much for the middle class. Why bludgeon a pedestrian to death when you can illegally make a salad? Yeah, it's it's not a game yet, but, you know, we're working on it. Uh, Grand Theft theft of Fruit is what they got charged with. An avocado in the US sells for $1.27, which makes me realise just how screwed we're getting in Canada. Because in Loblaws, Canada, I think they're more like three bucks. Like, I think they're delivered to Loblaws in armoured cars. I think if they didn't go off, they'd be traded on the TSX. Is it me? I mean, I don't moan to, wish to moan, but everything... Have you bought cheese in Loblaws? No. You know why? Because you need a mortgage to buy a bar. That's what, a bar. See? It's supposed to be a block, but I think of it very much as gold. <laughs> Hence the bar. <laughs> it's probably about the same price. Nazi cheese. <laughs> That's what you get in Loblaws. All right. Um... Slight diversion there. So back to the avocado theft. What's going on? The the trio of uh, employees were employed at Mission Produce, one of the world's biggest avocado distributors. They were working there for several years. Poli- poli- police in uh, California believe 
They have been stealing and selling the fruit to unwitting customers for months. The company's president, Steve Barnard, said the men were selling avocados at half price to anyone who was interested and pocketing the money. $300,000 worth of avocados. Uh, So this got me looking into avocados, and it turns out, avocados, the world is obsessed. I don't know if it's it's probably the upcoming hipster movement that I'm uh, just starting to understand, even though I'm probably about 10 years too late, Um, but everyone's eating avocados. Then, it was with perplexion that I learned that there is a hipster cafe in Melbourne, Australia, who serve coffee, lattes to be exact, in the hollowed out skin of an avocado. Yes, that's the, that's a thing now. It's called the avolatte. I'll say it again because it's, it's ridiculous. The avolatte. Thanks to the Truman Cafe in Melbourne, Australia, they shocked the world this week by posting a video of its concoction on Instagram. The footage shows a barista pouring hot milk onto black coffee in an avocado shell. Is it a shell? Skin, isn't it? Anyway, um, let's not get too bogged down in this. While some are eager to try the concoction, uh, others have taken to social media in despair. Underneath the Instagram video of the man filling an avocado skin full of latte, uh, one of the comments was, that's awesome, can't wait to try it. Uh, And then someone slightly more well-rounded wrote underneath, if you make an avalatte, please punch yourself in the face for me. Also, I hate you. Yes, I mean, I side more with that guy. It just seems slightly pointless to me. The avalatte, uh, which got me thinking, I suppose, next, we could, in theory, have the avaricino, uh, the avricano, or maybe the espressavicado? Espressicado? Espressicado. Quick shot of coffee in a bizarre fruit, please. Espressicado. It's all coming. I should have patented that immediately. Uh, And in even more avocado news, apparently they are so popular throughout the world, in both England and Canada, there are now several reported avocado hand. Yes, what's an avocado hand? Well, you know when you cut an avocado down the middle, then twist the halves apart to be left with two beautiful pear-shaped pieces, one with an empty well in the centre, the other with a stone or, or pit. Uh, embedded within it. Um, You're probably quite familiar with this scenario if you're um, middle class. I'm never quite sure how to get the stone out exactly, but apparently I'm not alone. People have uh, taken a point to the knife to try and dig around it and then they quite often slip and end up stabbing the hand they're holding with the avocado with and some suffer from avocado hand, which is basically an incredible cut down the hand, and quite often results in tendon damage and nerve damage, which you never fully recover from. Apparently this is a new thing. Avocado hand, it's been dubbed by emergency departments. So if you are cutting an avocado up um, to make a coffee, first of all, stop doing it. That's really weird. Um, Please don't do that. We've just got better things we could be doing, including watching cat videos. I mean, really, if you want a coffee, use a cup. They're really good. Um, But also, if you do insist on doing it, then don't suffer avocado hand when you cut it in half, and hopefully not your digits. That is this week's avocado news. Next week, coming up, uh, we will investigate other fruits that are a little bit like vegetables, starting with tomato news. But then since we're going out in Canada, tomato news.
but then to really understand Canadian audiences and give them what they want, Maple News. But to be apathetic to the personalities of Canadians, apology Maple News for Mounties uh, that like hockey. Is it? It's a bit niche, isn't it? Yeah. All right. We'll work on it. We'll workshop this one. Now, normally I'd say we're coming back with Amanda Capito, but she's lazy and recalcitrant and she cares nothing of you. Unlike me, who loves and holds you in my mind. Um, no, she's in New York for the weekend, getting drunk and having fun. And why shouldn't she, damn it? Um, so, unfortunately, we can't get hold of her. But I have a stand-in, and you've never met her. Her name is Polly. I've known her for years. She lives here, and um, she sounds very much like me, but female and uh, far posher, which is easily done. She'll join us soon, right here on News Talk 1010. is the Venny White Show on In-Depth Radio, News Talk 1010. Good evening and welcome back to the Vinnie White Show. Now, at this time, normally, I talk to Amanda Capido, who is normally hanging on my every word and lusting after my every... Sorry, normally we have a massive argument. But unfortunately, she's not here because she dropped the ball and left us. Um, actually, she just went to New York for the weekend, which is fair enough. But unfortunately, I can't speak to her. But we have an Amanda replacement, and she's British. Which Hello. I, don't, I don't know if that's good or bad. No, that's definitely good. I've could picked up the ball. I've picked up the ball. A, could you put on a Canadian accent, perhaps? I could give it a go. You say oot. We're just hanging out. Okay, you <laughs> seem to. Well done. You've offended 36 million people. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing compared to what I've done in the past. <laughs> uh, Polly is my old friend from many moons ago. We used to, I used to be um, a graphic designer at an engineering company. And what were you? Were, were you an engineer? I was a trainee. I was a lowly 18-year-old trainee. And I got put, put in those padded anechoic cells, if you remember. They were padded cells. Right. <laughs> where you tested engines or uh, where you just sort of had a little snooze on a Friday afternoon. Yeah. Did you ever go in Is that what then? they told you when they put you in a padded cell? That's, that's what I just believed. <laughs> I was in there for normal. three years. Someone came in and gave me some food and it all seemed perfectly Something fine. to do with engines? Don't know. <laughs> Didn't learn a thing. No, I know what you mean. They, yeah, they, the company put that we them. worked for was an engineering company and they used to test engines for clients. So like if you're Volvo, for example, and you want to know how loud your engine is, you'll whip the thing out of the car, stick it in an anechoic chamber. Which with is me, a, with me. With Polly. And a, and a few slightly more qualified folk. Yeah. Did you wear a white coat or anything? Oh, yeah, blue. You had to wear blue overalls. It's all in the mists of the 90s. <laughs> yeah, it was a while back, wasn't it? A few years. So you're nearly 40 now. Oh, don't. <laughs> It's just mean. a fact, mate. I You've did actually give that it. away, didn't I? I did say 18 and the 90s and yeah. there's the math. It's just... Math. Oh, well done. I, I translated. <laughs> She's coming on board. Um, so I've been suffering since I've been back here. As you know, um, and if you don't know, my name's Vinny. I normally do this show from Canada, but here I am in England for summer. And one of the things I've been suffering with is what they call reverse culture shock. And you have lived and worked in London for a long time. So I want to ask you if things are normal that I don't think are normal. Okay, what specifics or just things? There is because <laughs> things are never really that normal. Well, first of all, I've never lived in London, so it's a bit unfair saying reverse culture shock because I'm not getting my culture back. I've never lived no. in London, and it's mad here. Yeah, it is. I didn't know that. 
I didn't know how bonkers it was. I think I always thought, oh, it's probably like slightly bigger than Toronto with different accents and they drive on the other side. But I didn't know that there is no police car that's not in a perpetual state of emergency. On your road. Yeah. And there's like, if there's police cars at the front, there's trains at the back. And then when that's not happening, people just, why is everyone so angry? There's people. And they just shout. No, there are a lot of people in London and they are quite angry. But I don't know whether that was always the case, whether it's just like since you've come back or Mm. the place you've come back to. So this happened to me this week. And I want you to just tell me, is this normal? Is this normal? This is a normality test. Okay. Yeah. So I was in London and I am living in Hackney, which is northeast London at the moment, which is, I think it's fair to say, one of the more dodgy areas of London. Do they know what dodgy is? They're not... (laughs) The word dodgy. I've been laughed at for using that word across the pond. Honestly, they're like dodgy, dodgy, dodgy. What are you doing, Dodgy, I love that. I love that word. (laughs) It's a common misconception. (laughs) What you're doing is you're mixing up the Canadians (gasps) with the Americans. Actually, I I confess, I am. I apologise to the 36 million out there yeah um yeah I canadians was are they a were wise laughing. bunch yeah, i'm one of them now as well so totally i have to be very careful versed in language such as they dodging. are more worldly though it's fair to say no, like, when you're true. in thailand and stuff like that you usually see as many canadians as you do americans which is weird because you should oh. see 10 percent. yeah 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 you know well yeah I so we americans are don't leave america so yeah no that's... all right so this week i'm outside my flat it's three o'clock in the afternoon i'm about to go in and there's a man going apoplectic on the phone, right? And I, I, imagine every time I say F, he said the full F. And every time he said the C, he said the full C. Okay, right? I'm imagining. Listen, you effing C. Why don't you effing F <laughs> off, you C, etc. right? And he, so I can't, to give you an idea of how loud it is, this is how loud it is, all right? Uh-oh. Don't you ever speak with a girl's Like that. Okay, that's that's pretty loud. Yeah. Yep, normal. Right? Normal. So he's doing that. In Hackney and some other parts of London, not Mayfair. Right. Example. What I've done, I've not got enough money. Ah, uh, yeah, you need to move to Mayfair. <laughs> right. You get a different sort of shouting. You sort of go, Bah, oh, my Bentley, I didn't pay my bills. <laughs> they rolled, not my Bentley. That different sort of... I say, look at that street urchin. I might just kick him in the face. <laughs> Why not, I say? <laughs> John, you money come... for it. Charles, are you coming fox hunting on the weekend or what? <laughs> Haven't got the new tweeds in. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas I am at the end of London where it's a bit more like this. All right, Sam. Yeah, I've got that delivery sort for you. I'll chop it off tomorrow. How's the missus? All right. Lovely. Which is friendly and nice. Generally. It is, but this guy was going apoplectic on the phone. Mm, right? Yeah, that's less friendly. And it was so intense and he was so close to me. And in Canada, and people... He was in your way. I tend to be much more polite. Yeah. No, I couldn't organise my key into the lock. I just... I, it, was, it was ruining my... It was unnerving you. It was, um, perfect English. <laughs> um, so I did what anyone would do in my situation. And I just turned to him and I went, uh, shut up. Oh, you didn't. Yeah. Now, that's not normal. Isn't it? Not London. No one talks to anyone else in London. Yeah, but you've got to shut up, mate. So I just went, shut up. Oh, where's this going? What well, this next? is not where you think, I don't think. Cause it certainly didn't go where I was thinking. Well, you haven't, you've got all your teeth and your eyes aren't black. So if that was recent, then you, yeah, it's not going where I thought it was going. So, so he told me to F off and walked off whilst simultaneously telling whoever the poor person on the phone was to F off again. 
So just a lot of angst there, right? Mm-hmm. Then, and this is the bit that I didn't see coming, there's a car parked just on the street, really close to where I am. And one of the guys who was just pulled, there were two guys in the car, right? One of the guys just honked the horn and went, eh, eh, and went, oi! And I, I look, I still haven't got my key in the lock, and I realise he's looking at me. Uh-oh. So I went, oh, uh, what, me? And he goes, yeah. You're a, now, I'm going to change this word because, again, I have to. Um, this time we'll use teddy bear. But what what I mean by teddy bear is the C word again. Right, okay. okay? I just don't want to keep saying C. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, teddy bear's a bit nicer. Yeah. He goes, oi, you. I went, what, me? He goes, yeah, you're a teddy bear. And I okay. went, what? <laughs> what? Why? Had you been lip syncing while the other guy had been... Effing and seeing and teddy bearing. <laughs> had he thought you had been effing and no, seeing? And... But he went on to explain. He said, You were rude to that man. And I oh, went, Oh, you were rude. Yeah. And I went, Well, yeah, I was. And he goes, Yeah, because you're a teddy bear. And I went, Well, I mean, I wasn't that rude. I just said, Shut up, because he was being really rude. And they went, Yeah, what's it got to do with you? Fair point. Yeah, that's a fair point. I can't really get over that And in London, like I said, not normal to interact. You just hear it and walk on by or try and get your key in the lock a bit quicker. Do you? That's what you do. It's like on the tube. Have you? Uh, how, how are you doing on the tube? I the, don't the talk to anyone on the under, on the subway, no. Subway, sorry. Uh, yeah, that's correct. That's normal. That's good. The only in subway London, I talk to no people talks in to anyone. Is, is the sandwich shop. Because you okay. kind of have to. Yeah. Anyway, go, he said he said you're a teddy bear. You're a teddy bear. And I went, oh, I'm terribly sorry. And I went, oh, Mr. Posh. Of course. Because that's how you deflect that's these situations. Definitely how to deal with a situation <laughs> like this. <laughs> because if there's one thing people like that happily call you a teddy bear, it's a little bit of elitism. Yeah. So, they love it. So I said, I'm terribly sorry. I think you might have got the wrong man. I'm not sure what you mean. He goes, no, I heard you. You called him a teddy bear. I said, oh, I didn't... Cause, can everyone stop oh, saying no, teddy bear? where's this going? I said, I said he should shut up because he was shouting the word teddy bear. And he said, well, you're just a teddy bear. Then, right, I'm like, I can't believe I'm having this interaction. I'm not getting anywhere. I didn't get... I shouldn't have said shut up to your first man. I don't know why I'm having a dialogue with these guys. Then they start filming me. Oh. Yeah. Oh. So... What's the connection between the first guy and the guys in the car? Do they know each other? Or is no. it complete ran- three Completely sets of random people? Completely and utterly random. Wow. Yeah. That's weird. And when they when you say filming you, filming you doing what at this point now? See, I'm going to I'm going to treading on dangerous ground here, but I suppose there was one connection. They were all black. Okay. So I don't know if they thought oh, he's oh, just Oh, maybe they thought you were being racist tonight. Is it racist to say shut up to a man that's shouting the C word at full volume? No. Not not in an, in and of itself. I feel like this is a h- hard to make a race issue. Yeah. At least I hope it is. <laughs> it doesn't sound immediately like a race issue, the way you're painting it. I should have said, do you think I'm a teddy bear because I'm racist? Uh-oh. <laughs> I'm really glad you didn't. Yeah, in which case, didn't. he'd have said yes, and I'd have said that fantastic thing that people like to hear, but I've got lots of black friends. Which Oh, uh, they love that. They yeah. love that. Yeah, they go, oh, okay then. <laughs> Right, <laughs> take it all back. On you go, for goodness sake. <laughs> also, that Klu Klux Klan membership. You did overstep yeah, the mark, but off you go. Don't worry about it. Anyway, so, uh, yeah, it might have been wow. some sort of And you got your key in the lock in the end. Yeah, and then I got... I got up, Ran upstairs. I and... got upstairs and I was physically shaking. Yeah, I know what you mean. You get this delayed shock from yeah. any interaction when it's sort of a bit... 
in your face. Because at I the don't... time you sort of fight and then you just sort of dissolve. Yeah, later. fight or flight. Yeah, syndrome. yeah, something like that. And I think in the 10, 11 years that I've spent in Canada, no, I don't think anyone's ever called me a teddy bear. You wouldn't have got the the guy doing the whole effing and seeing in the first place, would you? No. Because my brief interactions in Canada didn't seem, uh, <laughs> that didn't seem likely. It's not a very hostile place. No, that's the thing. And it's weird because people some people. People are just polite. Yeah, they are. Nice. <laughs> and some yeah, people say like, the underbelly of London is what makes it exciting. And sometimes when I see like drug dealers shouting at each other at 10 o'clock in the morning, I think. I can live without the excitement. Yeah, that's sort of exciting isn't really great, is yeah. it? Yeah. But then on the other side of the coin, I like the freedom of being able to go to a, you know, Notting Hill Carnival or any other London-based festival and drink excessively in the street should I feel the need. Yeah, that happens, but could you not do that without the excitement that you mentioned before? No, you can't drink in the street in North America. Oh. The fun police will shut oh, you down. The fun police. Yeah. Oh. I think our police have got too much to do to be fun police. I think. I think just, that's true, isn't they're it? They're actually like they've got really massive things to do, yeah. so they just turn a blind eye to. So if you fancy a trip to England yeah, and you're a yeah. petty thief, Anything you'll be goes. fine. Am I a teddy bear? Uh, not right now. No, not the way you're <laughs> behaving right now. I, I wouldn't call you that. No. Do you um, ever get in altercations? I do, and I do. I know exactly what you mean by the shaking, but I can't think. Of, I know you're going to ask me. Go and give me an example. And I can't think of any altercations, but I've had. You know, like mild, mild versions. Like you know, you're in the car and someone's been an absolute teddy bear, mm. and 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 they will sort of come and accuse you of something, and you'll just just be blank faced and polite at the time, but then you're like left reeling and shaking and angry and thinking, yeah. should I have retaliated? I d- I don't normally, I don't like confrontation. No, I'm not big on it at all. We're a bit on top of each other in London. Yeah. That's fair to say. There's probably more. It's probably more densely packed than anyone in any other city at all in the world. Uh, in the, yeah. Right? Well, sorry, in not the Tokyo. Western world. Yeah. Yeah. I suppose one of the reasons it's so relevant to talk to you about this is because Polly Courtney, who I'm talking to now. Hello. Um, you're an author. Yeah. I you am. wrote a book. We wrote n- numerous books, but yeah. one of the books that you wrote was called Feral Youth. Yeah. Which was about the was it 2011 the riots? Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. the riots, the latest riots. As, as we speak, might be more, I guess. But yeah, yeah I feel like London there's one rights. brewing after that conversation like that. I got involved yeah. with the other day. <laughs> but um, yeah, you, there, there's, there is an underbelly of yeah. disenfranchised, quite often poor, angry youth yeah. in London, which does happen in every city. I think that's perfectly it reasonable, including Toronto. And there's probably some people listening to this in Toronto, you know, in the dodgy areas of Scarborough going, you don't know anything. It's perfectly dodgy here as well. <laughs> Although they probably wouldn't say it's perfectly dodgy. Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> um, so where did the anger come from that's clearly evident in 2011 during a riot of, of mostly youth, but still evident today and bubbling away under the surface? What What is it? I... I think it's really clear, actually. I spoke to lots of people and the main thing that they all had in common was that they felt not listened to. They were really angry because things were not going right in their life. They had bad prospects. You know, they, they may have had, you know, no jobs to no jobs at all, no jobs to look forward to if they were young um, and things weren't going right for them in their education. And yeah, just no one was listening to them. And is that why I got called a teddy bear? <laughs> Mainly. <laughs> I think I'd like to... <laughs> Having run away with the fact that I've replaced the C word with teddy bear, I, I think, think it should catch on. Well, I think we should all do that. Yeah. You know, 
just because that would soften or everything. I need to, you know, as a mum of a toddler who picks up on everything, I need to replace some Definitely. words with other words. It's a minefield out there. It is, actually. Think of the road rage. You cut me up, you teddy bear. Oh, <laughs> oh give us a cuddle. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> uh, I've got a story for you. I want to talk about Canada for a bit. Since we're going out in Canada, I think it's about time we gave them some attention. Yeah, yeah? let's do that. Let's do All right. That. Now, as you know, you've been to Canada, right? I have. And you know what they're like in Canada? I know what the people of Canmore are like. It's quite a small place, so I don't know what all of them are like. Canmore? Canmore. It's near Calgary, Uh, in the mountains. Well, it's funny you should bring up Calgary, because I've got some Calgary news. Oh. Moose on the loose. Oh, look at that. Now, it's not big news in Canada to hear moose on the loose. No, I I hear that's standard. Yeah, happens every day. (laughs) Pop down the coffee shop. Get back on a moose. Oh, there's a moose. It's good. You know, there's you a know, moose in my car. <laughs> right. There's a new moose on the loose. The moose is on the loose in Calgary. The police have said, moose on the loose. They've warned people. Do you know what else they said in the modern day of social media, Polly? Uh, don't post pictures of the moose naked without its permission. I don't know if I've ever uh, seen a moose in clothes. Okay, well, I just... Threw it out there. Do you think Canadians are so polite that they put trousers on their moose? <laughs> yeah, just in case. By the way, is that the plural? Moose. Moose, moose. Uh, One yes. moose, two moose. Although I did say trousers and I should have said pants. Oh, yeah. Pants on the moose. Translation. I know. Okay. So, to, to... So, so what did they actually say? I'm, I'm on the edge of well, my seat. Well, such advice should be fairly obvious to anyone who's watched moose versus human videos on YouTube. But the police felt it necessary to issue the warning this week that... You shouldn't go near the moose. I think that's fine. Fair enough. Right? Sensible advice. Particularly for a selfie. A selfie. That's actually what they said. Yeah. A moose selfie. in Northwest Calgary, said the Calgary Police Service. We're aware of a moose in the area of Beddington and Harvest Hills. Please don't approach it, especially to try and take a selfie with it. Mind you, it could create some very good selfies. I mean, not in a nice way, but, you know, because you can't really see what you're doing. With a selfie, you can't oh. see what's going on behind you, could you? So in a so way, anything could happen. and you wouldn't feel that bad for them, would you? No. How did well, John die? Well, you know he liked a selfie. Oh, I, I knew it. He did it on he, a rooftop. He actually died taking a selfie. No. Mm. Shouldn't laugh. No. But as someone said, you know, you can't, uh, you can't fix stupid, but thank you for trying. <laughs> My only moose experience, I've never met one in the wild. When I say met, I don't mean formally, just seen. Not for a selfie anyway. <laughs> Is um I went to a national park and I saw one and they're quite domesticated in um, the national oh, okay. park, so they're a bit more chilled than your average moose. They're not going to charge at you because they're used to people taking pictures of them all the time. And I've got a carrot and I threw oh, it. Oh no! And you're supposed you're, to feed them, are you? No, they, here you are. Okay. Well, you're not supposed to feed them. It's just you're not, allowed. Yeah, you're allowed. Okay. Yeah, it's not like they're relying on it. Okay. <laughs> Usually, I get fish and chips and drive it straight <laughs> up there. So like, I was. I threw a carrot at it, and um, I feel really—I still feel bad about this. Oh, and it's you been hit about it on ten years. Head, didn't you? I hit it in the eye. Oh! And he didn't blink. <laughs> so afterwards, he was crying. Oh, that's sad. He made a moose that's cry. A sad story. I know. Did it not charge at you after crying? It was so upset that it didn't even bother with a carrot. If it could have talked, it would have said, "Really? And now you want me to actually digest a missile?" Wow, I'm not sure. 
sure that moose was entirely healthy from the way you're describing it. <laughs> oh, didn't also... move when you threw a carrot at it. <laughs> didn't eat said carrot yes. and didn't charge at you to punish you. No. no. And it was wedged under the wheels of a pickup truck. Okay. I think we're getting to the nub of it now. <laughs> Which I was driving heavily intoxicated. Okay. So what I'm thinking it's is... It's quite a different story to how it started, isn't it? <laughs> how did you become an author? Uh, I went from engineering into the city, which 90% of engineers did because they sort of poached all the all the engineering brains um, and thought that the city was the place to be and then realised within about a week that it was absolutely not. When you, <laughs> when you say the city, you mean the yeah, financial I mean, city. financial district The idea London. of being in the city of London, yeah, which is the... Being a high flyer. Yeah. <laughs> all that stuff. And I was I was sold the dream and uh, and believed it for a bit. We got sent on training in New York and had a great time and then sort of uh, landed in London with a thud and realised, I realised it was not for me at all and stuck it out for a year and then uh, squirrelled away a few notes from my year and then wrote a book based on those notes, Hang based on, on that year. Let's back up a bit. There you go. When you Isn't say simple, I obviously? squirrelled away a few notes, <laughs> did you not spend a great deal of time writing an entire novel in a PowerPoint spreadsheet so your boss didn't notice? I think that was the job after after when I was in the city. So it is in the city I was officially doing that job. And then I got a job to keep me in money while I wrote my book. And that was where I wrote the book in the spreadsheet. <laughs> and Did I won't you... tell anyone who my employer was. No, I guess not. No. Didn't you write it in the cell yeah, yeah. of an Excel spreadsheet? Yes, it can be done, people. And then after a while, even though you couldn't really see what you're writing because it was too difficult. And move off, on to another cell. You'd move on to another cell. <laughs> yeah. And then you'd cut and paste them all into a document, email it to yourself, and then build a book from there. That is basically how I wrote my first novel. I yeah. love that. Yeah, and it probably wasn't very good, actually. The first first, the first, first draft of it, actually quite quite awful I should think probably because it was written without me being able to see most of the sentences it was a book about being female in the city of London in the financial yeah district. and being at the bottom of the pile that and was being kind treated of... correct me if I'm wrong quite like a secretary even yeah, though you had yeah. the same qualifications yeah, as everyone it. else yeah. yeah yeah. and it was called Golden Handcuffs available now <laughs> thank you on all good books. is it available now it is Amazon Amazon.com for you guys or .ca isn't it yeah isn't it yeah uh, promo code You've got to give them a discount after this. Uh, I don't think I'm allowed to. You know, Amazon takes 60% of the money. 60%? So, yeah, that's what retailers take on Amazon. Yeah, 60 or 65 on some products, but yeah, 60 on books. Can you believe it? Some might say they take the most and do the least, but <laughs> the author gets about... I think well, you just did say uh, that. No, I'm quoting. Definitely right. quoting. Because it sounded like you said that, but <laughs> no, in a way no, that no, it wasn't no, you. No, no, mm. no. I think I was quoting from someone. Yeah. Don't cut her book off, Amazon. <laughs> Please don't remove my book from Amazon. That is like my lifeblood. <laughs> she's only sold four bloody copies. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to remember what a cut an author gets, because I did the math. Basically, the author gets about 10%. And if you've got an agent, then they take 15% of what you get. Whoa. Yeah, so you don't get a lot as the writer. What, what do you get on one book then? Uh, well, so if you sell the book for, say, $10, keep it simple, mm. then you get about a dollar. And maybe a 50, the, if the agent takes a 15% cut, yeah, like, you yeah, actually so you end get up less with 85 cents. Yeah, that's right. That's Whoa. about, that's correct. <laughs> Is it better now there's e-books? Because well, obviously there's nothing to print. They still take 60%. Yeah. Of something that no yeah. one's made other yeah. than you yeah. and your brain. Because they can, because that's what everyone shops. That's, oh. that's the thing about Amazon. And I'm, I'm guilty as anyone. I, I, I get anything I can from Amazon because they've already got my details. It's easy, isn't it? It's one click. Mm. And you know it's going to get there and be the right thing and all that. A bit depressing. I did once do a workshop for authors and uh, there was someone who said, 
okay, I take on board all your uh, marketing things, but how do I sell my book without using Amazon? Because that's what I plan to do because I can't stand the way they operate. And I was just, I just apologised and said, I don't think you're going to sell any books, mm. sorry. <laughs> Sad mm. but true. It's like living off grid. Yeah. It probably is possible, yeah. but it's quite brutal. Living and without the internet. Yeah. I couldn't do that. Polly Courtney, my friend in England, standing in for Amanda Capito, a fine, upstanding woman, an author, and dare I say a legend. Dare you. I, I dare do you know you. what? I will. Say it. I'm halfway in. <laughs> You're a bloody legend, you are. <laughs> Thank you, Vinny. Thanks for coming on and having a chat with us uh, quite randomly uh, on the Vinny White Show here. Any messages and love for the people of Canada? Oh, a lot. A lot of love. That's all I have. A lot of love for them. I'm going to go there soon. I'm going to visit you. Oh, yeah? Come to Canada. Yeah, come on back. The door's always open. Yeah. We'll let any bastard in. <laughs> well, they let me in and oh, made God. me Canadian. Yeah, that's what I think. I mean, does anyone need more evidence? <laughs> Clear. <laughs> Take care. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Ta-ta. Bye. This is the Venny White Show on In-Depth Radio. News Talk 1010. You're listening to News Talk 1010. My name is Vinnie White. You can listen every week from 9 through till 10, or you can download the podcast at vinniewhite.co.uk. Stupid spelling, V-I-N-N-E-Y. Uh, you can also listen at 1010am. You can listen at newstalk1010.com. And you can probably listen many other ways, but this bit's getting really long, and we need to get to some cool stuff. All right, let's move on. So, you may remember last week, if you listened to the show, that uh, at the moment, for summer, I'm in England, and I'm talking to you every week by doing, uh, just finding myself in a studio and um, talking about the usual shenanigans that I do, you know, important stuff like avocados. And so, last week, we talked about the British election, which, in case you don't know, quick recap, Theresa May, a woman who's very strong and incredibly stable and has cracking trousers, decided that it would be a good idea to call an election. Why did she do this? Because she knew she'd win it, even though she said that she wouldn't actually call an election. But she thought, well, what I'll do is I'll call it, I'll do really well, I'll have more seats in Parliament, and then we can push on with this whole Brexit thing, which, by the way, I never actually wanted, but have decided for some bizarre reason to organise, which uh, I thought would be easy, but is turning out to be a living, waking nightmare. So that was the plan. Didn't go very well, if you remember, because uh, that whole strong and stable woman decided to come up with some rather bizarre things to alienate the older voters here in the United Kingdom, such as what's been dubbed the dementia tax, i.e., if you've got loads of money, you can pay for your own health care later in life. That's a very synopsized uh, little version of it, but basically it didn't go well with the core voters that are the Conservatives, who said, uh, actually, might jump ship and go for Labour. So what happened was they actually lost seats. The entire election was a complete and utter disaster for her. And uh, now there isn't even a majority for the Conservatives. So they've got into bed with some Northern Irish guys that no one's ever heard of as part of a hung parliament. Those Northern Irish guys are called the DUP, the Democratic Unionist Party. And if you want to know about them, you can pick up their manifesto or a copy of the Old Testament. Pretty much the same thing. So, 
Things haven't gone well for her. Meanwhile, who's the winner? Well, he didn't win, although he has been acting like he has, the Labour Party leader here in the United Kingdom, Jeremy Corbyn. A man that looks like he's woken up in a doorway, had a shower, but forgotten about his hair. He's a vegetarian, has been since he's 20, and he's pretty damn left-leaning. Depending on your political stance, you might describe him as a mate with the terrorists. Or, you might say, a really honest, decent bloke that for once in modern-day politics isn't using hate and fear, and is actually quite a genuine chap. Well, this is certainly the vibe of most young voters, which is exactly how he did well. A lot of young people like him, and a lot of young people go to festivals. And this week is the biggest of them all. Yes, indeed, as we speak, Glastonbury is in full swing. If you haven't been to the Glastonbury Festival before, and I haven't been for some years, but I can remember it just about. I think it was a drunken, drug-infused, hazy, muddy camping trip with more than a faint aroma of piss. Now, having said that, it's easy to be critical. The music is so uplifting. It's so diverse, for one thing, but it's so uplifting and amazing that you constantly have that feeling of youth, freedom and spine-tingling happiness. It just gives you this intense look at how amazing life can be. It is absolutely spiritually awakening and excellent, and I would be there right now if I could have got the bloody ticket. It makes you question whether you'll ever be able to go back to work without at least giving John from accounts a very swift kick in the nutsack. It is, as much as an experience can be in a field, perfection. Everyone from Dolly Parton to you 2 have played there, and it continues to be a monumental festival. Definitely not somewhere that's normally political. Guess who popped up this weekend? Old Jeremy Corbyn. He was invited by the Glastonbury organiser, Michael Evis. A politician at Glastonbury wouldn't normally go down well. Well, that was not the case this weekend. A crowd going wild at Glastonbury over a politician is a extremely abnormal thing. But that's exactly what happened. And then, for good measure, he brought up Donald Trump. Now, Donald Trump is about as popular in the United Kingdom as a child murderer, so it was always going to be beneficial to put him down. And that is what he did. And if you can see that far, look on the wall right over there that surrounds this wonderful festival. And there's a message on that wall for President Donald Trump. And you know what it says? Build bridges, not walls. Jeremy Corbyn, leader of the Labour Party here in the United Kingdom, giving it to Trump. But what was really interesting is the reaction. You might be familiar with the White Stripes. Well, that has become the tune of Glastonbury. And a real tune it has too. Thousands on thousands of people were heard chanting as Jeremy Corbyn came on stage and off stage, this little puppy. Yep, people chanting Jeremy Corbyn's name to the tune of the White Stripes is the anthem of this year's Glastonbury Festival, one of the biggest music festivals in the world. But where did it start? How did someone get Oh Jeremy Corbyn and put it to that tune? 
And the answer, if you rewind back way before the election, was down to one man. Yeah, some months ago, outside Jeremy Corbyn's humble little house, when he came out, one man shouted that tune. And from there on, every rally afterwards, up until this week's Glastonbury Festival, have resulted in it getting bigger and bigger until it has become a bizarre new anthem. This is the journey of that tune and how it all began. And then I'm looking at these guys chanting and realise they're smiling. <laughs> so I paused and realised what they were chanting. It was, I was quite moved actually. That was the journey of the anthem that apparently is Jeremy Corbyn versus the White Stripes. Originally started by one man shouting it outside Jeremy Corbyn's house. And now it will be stuck in your head forever. Sorry about that. That is the end of the Vinnie White Show. You can download it on iTunes. Just type in V-I-N-N-E-Y White and you can find me. And if you feel the need to give us a five-star review, that would be lovely. Next week, I am live from... Vietnam. Yes, you didn't see that one coming, and it is actually true. Uh, and then the week after, I'm either live from Japan or Korea. I'm not sure. Thought I'd go out east, mix it up a bit. Don't ask me why. We'll find out. Tune in next week. It's been an absolute pleasure. Take care. My name is Vinnie White. You're listening to News Talk 1010. Bye bye for now. <laughs>